1: Today's episode of the Locked on Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on your iOS device today and join me next week as we talk about this Reds team. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network,
0: your team every day.
1: What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Lockdown Reds Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's show. We're going to get into some Jeff's junk mail. I've got some stuff. We're going to talk about an interesting idea at first base. I also want to talk about Luis Castillo a little bit, and we've got some more thoughts on the lineup and, and different pitching matchups, different things like that, all on the Jeff's Junk Mail segments. We got a couple of segments here today. Looking at those before we jump into that though, I've got a, I've got some thoughts. Oh, we talked about Trevor's story yesterday with Paul Holden from Locked On Rockies and the idea that he could be a red. We're gonna get into all of that here today. A little bit of a PSA. I'm recording this before the Reds play the Rockies tonight. We're going to have a series wrap-up on the Reds and Rockies on Monday. This weekend is about to be hectic though, as I am moving to a new apartment. So I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit and recording this beforehand. So, uh, yay! The Reds did well. Way to go. Or, son of a gun, they lost. Uh, One of those. Just pick whatever happens uh yeah all right let's jump into this uh today i want to get into the jeff's junk mail but first this trevor story thing is not a new idea this is not something that has just cropped up in fact the reds being included in mark finesand's article on mlb.com about who Trevor's story could land is not a surprise number one Because they have a huge hole at shortstop. Make no mistake about it. I fully believe that Eugenio Suarez is still going to be a red for his career. I don't think it's going to be a shortstop, though. I was really excited whenever they put him there. But my goodness. I mean, part of life is not necessarily... Creating an idea, believing in an idea, and just blindly following that idea, even if that idea turns out to be blatantly wrong, you you, you got to read the room. You got to understand what's going on and make decisions based on that. And based on what we've seen from A. Eugenio Suarez, I think I'm off the bandwagon on him playing shortstop. Now... I understand that at some point, Jose Garcia is going to be ready. I firmly want that to be something that is based on him, based on him showing that he's ready and not based on the reds being like, all right, whatever, hopefully you're ready. We're going to bring you up. So I want there to be, An interim plan. Somebody to be at shortstop. Maybe that is just living with the train wreck that is a Eugenio Suarez's glove at shortstop. I don't don't know. Hopefully they can get that figured out. That's why David Bell makes the big bucks. But I don't have a strong take one way or the other. I don't have a strong take that Suarez needs to stay. I don't have a strong take that we need to see somebody else there. Maybe Jonathan India could work out a short. I don't know. I kind of like him at second base still. uh, But Nixon Zell is showing that he's a great second baseman as well. But I'm getting way off topic. An interesting idea could be trading for Trevor Story. Now, yes, he does make $9 million. And maybe that is what the Reds did with that money that they quote unquote repurposed after getting rid of ricella glacius and archie bradley or maybe that money was just repurposed into ownership's wallet i don't know but if they decide that they can stomach the nine million dollars there is also a trade package that must be built make no mistake about it trevor story is in a contract year he's a free agent at the end of this year I don't foresee him coming to the Reds and wanting to sign a contract as soon as he gets here. So with all of that being said, you're getting him as a rental. How much do you want to pay for that? I rely on BaseballTradeValues.com for this sort of thing because my understanding of trade values based on Reds players and other players is flawed. All baseball fans, no matter what team they root for, overvalue their players we love to harp on Yankees fans because they feel like their players are worth their weight in gold but that is the way almost with every team so we're going to look at it and we're going to offer as a fan we're going to create some kind of trade offer that is just absolutely horrible so I rely on baseball trade values for this the interesting part about it is Trevor Story is pretty valuable In fact, when you compare him to Charlie Blackman, Charlie Blackman is uh, much easier to get. He has negative value. Trevor Story, according to baseball trade values, is worth 27.4. To give you a reference point, that's slightly less, okay, about nine nine units less than Jesse Winker, about three units more than Nick Senzel. I don't think we're trading Nick Senzel for a rental. Definitely don't think we're trading Jesse Winker for just about anything. That's No, I'm not in on that at all. But then you look at, like, Luis Castillo, he's rated at an 89, not trading him, Uh, not trading Sonny Gray, who would fetch, according to the values-wise, one-for-one for for Trevor Story, but that's not going to help the Reds. The Reds need to add Trevor Story to what they already have. So you look at the minor leagues. You would have to create a pretty extensive package just based on their values at baseballtradevalues.com. And it's possible that the Rockies would go with the lower end of story's value, but even that is still pretty high. I mean, you're you're still looking at packaging guys like Nicoladolo, Hunter Green, Austin Hendrick, not all in one, but you have to start with one of those. Are we trading Nicolodolo or Hunter Green? or Austin Hendrick, for four months of June, July, August, September. Yeah, four or five months of Trevor's story. No, I'm not. I don't want to trade one of those guys, especially Lodolo or Green, who I think should be up in the majors next year, for a guy that won't be on the team next year. And this take is going to sound a little bit backwards, but... The idea that the Reds need to win now should not come at the expense for the future. Because if they get Trevor's story, they get better. But do they become that team that can win a playoff series against some of these other sides in the NL West and the NL East? I don't know that. I don't know that Trevor's story is the only thing that stands between them and a World Series ring because that is the goal. World Series is the goal. I don't care if you hear ownership talking about break-even finances and things like that. That, that. that should not be the goal. The goal should be World Series. However, the goal should also be to be a good team year in and year out. I, I don't think that that will help if you're trading away top prospects for rentals. So can the Reds put together a package that makes sense for Trevor Story but also maintain their hold on the future? I don't think so. So with that, I don't think that they're going to go for Trevor Story, and I don't think that they should. Let me know what you think on the Lockdown Reds line, five one three five four nine zero one five nine, or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, or at the show at Lockdown Reds, and let me know what you think. But I, I just look at the cost for Trevor Story, and I don't think they should do it. Coming up, we're going to jump into some Jeff's junk Mail. The first thing I want to get to is an interesting idea at first base. Before we jump into that, though, we still have this great offer at betonline.ag. When you set up your profile, enter the promo code LOCKEDON, and they'll give you 50% more ...added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline is the best place to turn your sports knowledge into cash... ...because you can take money lines, run lines, over-unders. They've got great prop bets for all Major League Baseball games... ...and they also got great lines for NBA and NHL as well. And of course, the NFL schedule was just released... ...so we're getting NFL futures coming up. And in a couple of months, they'll have NFL games too. Plus, you can bet on reality shows, award shows... You've got UFC, you've got WWE, all of that great stuff can be found at BetOnline.ag. Set up your profile today and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline is the only place that I trust for my sports wagering, and you should too. That's BetOnline.ag and the promo code Locked On. I got some great stuff to get into here for hashtag Jeff's junk mail on this Friday. And I wanted to start with this. This was a text message to the lockdown reds line. Like I mentioned, five one three five four nine zero one five nine. This is from Corey. He says, I just got done listening to your Friday podcast and about who should fill in for Joey Votto during his IL stint. While I do love taking Winker to play there to free up another outfield spot. I was wondering what you thought of my idea to have Tyler Stevenson take some reps there. All I hear is how Stevenson is the future catcher, but as much as I love Stevenson, I also would love to see Tucker remain a red. So why can't they both be the future? Tucker is only 30, and clearly the better defensive player of the two. Plus, there is no one near as ready in the minors to replace Joey anyway. With Vado getting up there in age, I think it would be awesome to have Stevenson learning first behind him while remaining a backup at catcher and also first base. Sorry for the long message, but would love to hear what you think about Stevenson as an option to play at first. Thanks. Thank you, Corey. And no worries about the long message. It was a well-thought-out question because that's a pretty interesting idea. I, I think I had only approached Stevenson at catcher simply because I believe that's his future there. And with Tucker being in a contract year this year, it makes it a little bit more difficult for him to remain a red because he's going to garner more money. He now has two gold gloves and the way that he is hitting this year his contract is going to be pretty interesting to see what he gets on the open market because I don't know that he's going to give the Reds a hometown discount. I don't think he has to. I know that he's been a Red his entire career, but dude's about to make some money and he wants to be an everyday catcher. And with Tyler Stevenson in the wings, I don't know that I love the idea of holding on to Tucker, but that would mean that you would completely change your idea of Tyler Stevenson. So let's do that L- for a moment. Let me, okay. Uh, yep. All right. Tyler Stevenson, the future at first base. That's an interesting thought process because like you mentioned, there is nobody there. Like, and, and I've said it before, like the only way I could imagine the Reds changing up what the future is at first base is if they move like Austin Hendricks or Reese Hines to first base. But even those guys are still a couple of years away from making it to the majors. So having Tyler Stevenson there at first base and with the designated hitter coming next year, you could slot Joey into that designated hitter for the majority of the time, every so often, maybe give him a game or two at first base, something like that. But for the most part, imagining Tyler Stevenson there is interesting because he's definitely athletic enough to play first base. And we've seen him get a couple of reps there already this season. Plus, his his bat so far has proven to be a very nice contact bat. He hasn't hit a home run since the third game of the season, but I don't. it's not for lack of ability. I'm pretty sure he can hit a home run if he really wants to, but he has been making really good contact on the ball all the year. So I'd love to see his bat in the lineup a lot more, and that could be a way to still maintain the infield alignment of having Moose at third, And maybe still having Suarez at short, maybe that would still be okay. And then you have Senzel in India at second base as well. I, I kinda like that idea. The the reason that I thought Winker at first base initially was to open up that outfield spot, but they are showing that Shogo is the fifth outfielder. So if you open up that outfield spot, you just move Tyler Naquin over there. And Shogo still platoons with Naquin or platoons with Senzel in center field. The only thing is, it's not as if Tucker's future is certain as a Red, because this being his contract year, and I keep saying contract year, the Reds actually have a team option to keep him around next year, but that team option is at $7.5 million. The interesting idea will be, because they've been crying poor all year, will they pay that $7.5 million to Tucker, or will they give him the $550,000 buyout? I'd have to do some more thinking on Tyler Stevenson at first base, but I kind of like that idea. And unfortunately, it'll come down to just uh, how much do the Reds want to pay to keep Ducker Barnhart around and use Tyler Stevenson at first base. Changing gears now to the pitching side. Let's take a call.
2: Hey, Jeff, it's uh, Chris, that Phantom caller. Uh, I guess my problem today is, uh just to you. I think mean, all all Reds fans are concerned. Um. And I thought, okay, maybe no big deal the first couple starts. He did have that one good start where he went seven innings, but I don't know quite what the, what the problem is or what to think about it, what your opinion is. Uh, you know, location obviously is a problem. Um, he doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence in his uh, fastball. Uh, he's not locating it very well. Um, you know, I think Castillo, is, I thought he was our best pitcher on the staff. It looks like right now Wade Miley and Sonny Gray it was awesome. That no-hitter the other day by Wade Miley, but um, go Reds. I was wondering what your thoughts were. I hope um, Castillo gets it together because obviously we we really need him. So
1: Thank you. Go Reds. Appreciate the call, Chris. Yeah, uh, and, and thanks for uh, not being the phantom caller this time, but When it comes to Luis Castillo, I got the chance to talk with Bronson about him a couple of episodes ago, and I liked what Bronson had to say. He wasn't focusing so much in on the mechanical aspects, although he did make a good point. As much as we harp on Castillo's command, Castillo's never been a command guy. He's never been that guy that you're going to mistake for Greg Maddox and that he's going to be able to pinpoint where he's throwing the fastball or where he's throwing his changeup. He's just going to go high fastball, low changeup, and he's going to throw you off with the changing speeds and things like that. But I do appreciate also what he had to say, and that is he just needs to get that one good start under his belt. And he's had seven starts already, and they've all looked concerning. Now, when you look at his fielding independent pitching, he's been getting unlucky. His 6.4 ERA should be lower. But a lot of that has to do with a much lower strikeout percentage than his career average. He's like 10% below his career average. He's almost half of what he was in 2020. 2020, he was 30%. Right now, he's at 16%. So that's definitely got to get better. And a part of that has to do with, like what Bronson said, hitters know... What is coming? They know they're getting fastball and changeup. So they know if they can just wait on the changeup, they're going to be all right. And the more that they see it, the more they can time it. And so he's not fooling anybody with that combination. So hopefully he can mix in his slider a little bit here tonight against the Rockies and maybe turn his uh, four-seamer and his sinking fastball into a little bit more of a different-looking pitch. I, I mentioned in my own uh, understanding of what Luis Castillo has been doing, that I think maybe it's something to do with his grip, but it's probably not even that. He just needs to have that one good start. And Bronson even said, he's like, whenever he starts in his first inning, he gives up a run. It's like he goes back into that mental state of, ah, here we go again. So hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. Although Paul Holden mentioned that the Rockies really like to score runs in the first inning. So we'll see if Luis Castillo can limit them to nothing in the first. That could be some good signs of good things to come for La Piedra. All right, we've got some more to get to from the Jeff's Junk Mail today. But before we jump into more of that, I want you... To jump into a built bar, it is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Bar none. They're made with 100% real chocolate. So you know, you're not gonna get something that tastes like cardboard. Plus, they've got a great mouthfeel. They're not like chalky or anything like that. You're going to be eating it thinking that you're eating a candy bar, but it's way more healthy for you. It's low in sugar, low in fat, and high in protein. Check it out today. They've got amazing flavors like cherry barcia, peanut butter chocolate, they've got coconut, they've got raspberry, all kinds of great stuff. Look them up today builtbar.com. And when you do, enter the promo code LOCKED15, you'll save 15% off your next order of the amazingly delicious Bilt Bar. Check them out today. I've been telling you guys about them for so long, but I am not lying to you. I'm not fabricating this. Bilt Bar is the best protein bar on the market, and you will agree. Just check it out today, BiltBar.com, and the promo code LOCKED15. So we talked the future first base, we talked about Luis Castillo. Let's let's expand on the future and Luis Castillo and let's look at something that Scott sent me on Twitter at MTG Pack Foils. He says, So is this the Reds rotation in two years? Nick Ladello, Tony Santillon, Hunter Green, Tyler Malley, fifth spot. Now, just to let you know, Luis Castillo is under contract until twenty twenty four. He he's arbitration eligible until then. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know. I I keep having any doubts about understanding what the Reds are going to do with their money over the next couple of off-seasons, but hopefully they at least look into extending Luis Castillo a little bit. So I'm hoping Castillo is part of this, but yes, Sonny Gray will be out by then unless they give him a contract extension as well. Nicoladello and Hunter Green definitely need to be a part of this future rotation because when I'm looking at those guys those guys would be a huge reason that successful Nicladello and successful Hunter Green will be huge reasons why the Reds are a contending team for years to come if they're not successful well i don't i, I really don't want to have that conversation right now tony santeon is interesting to me because he was a guy who was in at least the top 12 of prospect rankings for the Reds organization over the last couple of years. And here, just this past year, has kind of been forgotten about. He pitched not so great during spring training, but I don't pretend to believe that anything is learned while a pitcher makes like two appearances during the course of spring training. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't think he's part of the future. But his performances so far at AAA Louisville have been interesting in two starts. He has pitched a total of eight innings, allowing six hits and one earned run. He did have one uh, unearned run on top of that. So two runs total with 13 strikeouts compared to just two walks. It's a pretty good start. Eight innings. Again, that's not something I'm going to go crazy about evaluating what that means for Tony Santian's future, but it's a nice beginning to his year. I, I still think he needs a little bit of time, but we are coming up on the point in his career as a red where he needs to kind of give be given a look at the major leagues. He's 24 years old. He's been pitching for the Reds for you know quite a few years now. He's got ninety-seven games in the minor leagues, four hundred and seventy-six in a third innings pitch total, with a walks plus hits per innings pitched of one point three five. So I think we're getting to the point where he at least deserves a look. Now, I don't necessarily know if that gives him a rotation spot over TJ Antone, who I hope the Reds start to work in there somehow. This is going to be something we talk about next week, but I believe Jeff Hoffman's days should be numbered. If the Reds don't have a plan to replace him, then that is just negligent on their part. There should be somebody else ready to go because Jeff Hoffman has shown that I think that he's more of a two to three inning long relief type guy. I I don't really want to put too much more hope in him as a starter. So what's next? Tony Santion might not be that this year. Maybe he gets a look in the bullpen this year. But to think of him in the rotation in the future, I would hope that that just meant that he pitched lights out and not necessarily that the Reds gave up on the idea of TJ Antone in the rotation. So if I'm looking at the rotation the way that I want it to look in two years, I want Luis Castillo still at the top. I want him pitching on top of his game like a dude. You got Tyler Mallett in the number two, who I think is going to be a fantastic number two pitcher for the Reds. Then you've got Hunter Green and Nick Ladello, not necessarily in that order. I'm still interested to see how they continue to develop because Hunter Green has had a fantastic start to his season. Nick Ladello did have a little bit of a blow-up start in his last appearance for the lookouts, allowing four walks and seven hits. Now, earned run-wise, he only gave up one earned run. Which is amazing to think that he allowed 11 base runners and only one earned run, and he only had three strikeouts in that game. So, how does he bounce back from there will be interesting. But overall, those two guys, three and four, and then your fifth spot could be interesting. It could be Antone, it could be Santion, it could be somebody else, it could be Leon Richardson. I don't know if Leon Richardson is looked at as a starting candidate, maybe he's only a bullpen guy. Talked to him a couple of talked about him a couple of times with Doug Gray, but just looking at that rotation of the future, I am excited because I think the Reds have options and I think that they're set up for success with Kyle Bodie as their pitching coordinator. Love to see that if Derek Johnson is still here in a couple of years because he's been awesome, looking to see how he continues to help the development of the Reds pitching staff. But yeah, the the future rotation is interesting because you're not going to have Wade Miley. Wade Miley is done after this year as a Red unless he re-ups with them. And then Sonny Gray's contract is over after the 2022 season. He does have a $12 million team option for 2023. Depending on his health and his performance level, that might be picked up. So he might still be a part of the rotation then. But I like the prospects for the rotation for the future of this Reds team it's just about how they get through the rest of this year with that fifth spot being open. And the more and more days go by, I haven't heard anything about Michael Lorenzen. I, I don't know what's going on with him. I, I, he's not close to starting a rehab, at least so far as what I've read, because everything that I've read is a couple of weeks old on him. There's not been a recent update on it. So it'll be interesting to see how that all goes for him as well, because he's in his contract year this year. But at least in the part of the future, it's fun to think about this rotation. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much to everybody who submitted questions and comments and all that stuff. Make sure you keep them coming, 513-549-0159, or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and on Twitter at Locked On Reds for the show. We'll do another Jeff's Junk Mail segment next Friday, so get those in. But that'll do it for us here this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. On Monday, we'll recap this Rocky series. Next week, we'll start to focus in a little bit more on maybe some trades that the Reds can make, what they do in the rotation, because I seriously doubt that Jeff Hoffman is in it for much longer and a lot more. So you're not going to miss any of it. The best way to not miss it is to follow the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. But that'll do it for us here today. I will talk to each and every one of you on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.